Welcome back to the 360 Serve podcast. We're about to hear from Pastor Daniel about what it's like to grow up in Uganda. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. 360 Serve is about a new way to do missions. We help you support indigenous church planners to change the world. Indigenous church planners, they've grown up in their country, they live in their country. They know their language and culture, they're called of God, they're highly trained, and they're very effective in reaching their own people for Christ. You know, I've had the privilege of traveling to over 50 countries around the world, and I love it. I can't get enough of it. Maybe you are like me. You love to travel as well. I love meeting people and experiencing all these different cultures. So what is Uganda like? Today, we continue our conversation with Pastor Daniel from Uganda as he shares with us what it is like to grow up in Uganda. I think you're going to be surprised by what you learn. I think you will also gain a greater understanding of why partnering with indigenous church planners is so effective. So let's hear from Pastor Daniel about what it's like to grow up in Uganda. Well, we are back with Pastor Daniel from Uganda. And Pastor Daniel, I thought in this segment, we could just talk about Uganda in general and just let you kind of introduce your country to our listeners. Some people might know a little bit about Uganda. Probably a lot of people know very little about Uganda, but just as a culture, as a people, uh, you know, how would you describe Uganda to someone over here in the United States who maybe knows very little about it? Yeah, thanks, Pastor Mark. Uh, uh, Uganda is, uh, I would say that Uganda is a landlocked country. And Uganda has the size of the state of Oregon. Uh, but the difference is that Uganda has 44 million people right now. And uh, 30, uh, 85 of our population are youths above, uh, below the age of 35. And statistics says that it is the youngest country in the whole world as of now. Uh, Uganda has borders uh, with Rwanda, with Kenya, Tanzania, Southern Sudan, uh, yeah, and Southern Sudan. So we are a landlocked country. Uh, we love the Lord in Uganda. Uh, most of the people uh, receive Christ uh, in general, but we also, Uganda also practices a lot of uh, witchcraft. I think this is one of the biggest challenges because of traditional. There is a lot of traditions whereby there is a lot of witchcraft in the country. So where people believe in sacrifices, human sacrifice, they believe in all other sacrifices because that is how uh, Uganda was established. Uh, not until when the missionaries came uh, to be able to bring the word of the Lord that the Ugandans came to accept Jesus as their personal savior. But even now, because of that cultural background, uh, Uganda is still have those strongholds where people are, have that attachment to witchcraft, uh, whereby uh, even if they are in church, they still believe that there is another God who is more stronger than our God. And that is one of the reasons why 
evangelism is very crucial and so, so important to be able to, to reach out to millions and millions of people to know uh, that we just have to believe in one God and he's the only God. And there is also another background of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, what is it called, marrying so many wives and whereby I've forgotten that term, but hopefully I remember that. And uh, whereby when one man has one wife, they say that that man is not considered to be a man and is not even significant when uh, the community leaders sit and the community sit for meetings. They don't want to involve that one person because he has only one wife. So some cultures believe that the number of wives that you have is, uh, that gives you a lot of significance. Eh? And so that results into, uh, you know, men marrying multiple women. Uh, and that's another challenge. Uh, and then also we, we've been going through some kind of also uh, cultural, you know, challenges whereby girls are forced into marriage at below the age of 18 because some of the families, some of the cultures believe that that has to be done because they really want uh, the dowry here. What we do is we give dowry whereby a girl is, uh, when the girl is going to be married, so the, the, the husband-to-be brings some gifts to the parents. So when the parent becomes poor or is in need, he or she will be able to give out to this girl to any man for some kind of gifts. And that forces some of the, the girls to be into marriage before at the age of, of, of 18. And that is also some courage. There is also uh, like a female circumcision in some of the cultures here. The government is fighting against this, but uh, it is one of the cultures that has a very strong bond. There is also circumcision that is being done in mostly in parts of the Eastern country, whereby uh, these men are circumcised at the age of 18. And this draws thousands of people in their culture to go on the streets and they circumcise you uh, amid these thousands of people. So, and women all around this man, this young boy, because if it's not done that way, then he will never be a man in the world. So they call him a coward. And this attracts so many demons and so many, you, you know, that's a, a very big stronghold in, in these communities and these districts where they practice this kind uh, where they practice this kind of culture. So many different cultures uh, are taking place in the country of Uganda and but spiritually also Uganda is doing great because people are so receptive when it comes to, to evangelism. People are so welcome when it comes to that but, it, but done in a way that is mostly in like mass crusades where you go and mobilize for mass crusades and you mobilize people to come. They, they come and Christ is always preached and people have been very receptive to that, uh, which is also uh, very good to us. And also when we come to uh, some of the uh, 
uh, like the, in terms of religion, Islamic has also uh, been able to be given a very big platform at this time now, whereby the, 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 the Islams, the Muslims are supporting their own brothers and sisters and through the, their Islamic coalition, uh, whereby they have that alliance of supporting each other. So what they have been doing in, in my country is that they have been giving a lot of support to, to the Muslims and they are giving them a lot of businesses to start up with. They are taking them to schools to learn in the US, to learn in the UK, to learn uh, in Western countries. And these students come up come back home uh, with degrees and with first class degrees because of learning outside. So when they come back over here, now they have the, the, they are in a position now to, to rule and they are in position to sit in those big offices. So when we look at that, they are also spreading out uh, the gospel. Even right now, Muslims are opening up their own crusades. This has never been in my country before. But now they have mass crusades where they have all the speakers. They have the tents. They do the, the camps, the, the medical camps. They go to schools. They go to prisons. And they do what the church used to do um, some years ago. Now what the church dropped is what the Muslims are picking up right now. And they are doing it very effectively. So these are, this is what is happening in our country. And, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, that our president is a Christian. The first lady uh, is a Christian. The daughter, the first daughter has a church that she's pastoring, which is also very, very powerful that the church has uh, a very good uh, uh, you know, the, the, the I mean, the country is is founded and established on the word of the Lord. That has also given us a very big platform to be able to to share the word of the Lord openly at a time like this, where the president is is still a Christian. But you never know what will happen tomorrow, and you never know what will happen next day after this. That's why we always say, let's use the time that we have because this might be the season. And we don't know when this season will end. But because God has given us the grace that the president is a Christian, this has helped us a lot to be able to spread the word of the Lord to, to all other nations. So that is how Uganda is. We are so much into cash crops. And uh, the population, I've already told you, is like 44 millions. And uh, yeah, so very many people don't go to school. And uh, very few do go to school. And whenever they finish, uh, sometimes it's a challenge to be able to get a job, but others can be able to, to do some other kind of other jobs for them to be able to, to have a way of living. And yeah, briefly, that is about Uganda. I know that it's very welcoming when it comes to missionaries, when it comes to the work of the ministry, and when it comes to, to evangelism. People have been very welcoming. Yeah. Thank. Wow. Thank you so much, Daniel. You know, uh, I think people might find it a little surprising when you just look at uh, Uganda economically and just like the average field worker, if I recall, is like three dollars paid a day. A professional would be six dollars U.S. a day. And is that correct, Daniel? Just you know, in uh, uh, what you know, in terms of just what people are making, you know, on average per day. Yeah, actually, some of them even will get less than a dollar for a day. Hmm. But we can still think of an average of $3, which is 10,000 uh, 10, Uganda shillings. 
And you know, for Ugandan to 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 have <laughs> to have three dollars a day, wow, that's that's something huge. That is huge for Ugandan to be able to receive that amount. But I tell you that even those professionals don't sometimes don't even get that amount of money because yeah, yeah, that is that is too much. But yeah, that is how it is when it comes to when it comes to Uganda, yeah, over here. And like getting three dollars a day, and at the end of the day, spending is is always very high because of the families. We we do have extended families whereby you cannot live by yourself. You'll still have some other people live with you. So you'll have some grandparents, you'll have some uncles, you'll have some other daughters and nephews and nieces coming back, coming to your house to be able to live with you because of the extended family. So at the end of the day, you cannot even use $3 a day, but you end up using as much. But yeah, that is how it is. Yeah. You know, uh, as we travel throughout Uganda, one of the things that impacted me, Daniel, is just how, uh, well, the average person as a family uh, talk a little bit about when they typically eat that, you know, it's one meal, right? In the evenings, typically. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. This is how life is. And this is how life has always been whereby you, we don't usually get breakfast because if you happen to get breakfast, that will mean that you'll not be able to have lunch. But uh, typically what we do is you, you skip breakfast and you skip lunch and then you are able to maybe have your dinner at around 8, 9 or 10. And the reason why people eat a little bit late, one is that when they go to work, they come back a little bit late because they walk long distances to be able to do that. And secondly, not only that, but they have to eat a little bit late so that you are able to save for the morning. Because if you eat late at 10 p.m., so that will mean that by the morning you will still have something in your stomach at least you can be able to push on uh, for the next day. So, uh, yeah, that is the majority. That's how they do, even those in the remote areas, even those in the urban areas. So it is a way of saving so that you can be able to survive for for another day. So that is that is one of the challenges that we, uh, that we have in our country. Yeah, we're going to get into a segment later on just the church planners, but I think this will help people, especially our supporters. You know, oftentimes people in the United States, you know, will ask me, $50, you know, that will make a difference for, you know, one of these pastors that we support in all the 18 countries we support around the world. And I say, yes, that makes a huge difference. And uh, <laughs> you can tell by just what Daniel has described right now, the difference it makes. And I know it makes a huge difference for you, Daniel, and your church planners. We're going to talk about that later. But can you personalize this a little bit, Daniel? And just, you know, you had mentioned in our last segment, you have 11 people in your family right now that are at home with you. And can you talk a little bit about who those people are? And we're going to do a whole segment on your wife, Erica. She's amazing. A little later. But in just general, and what is it like for you guys, you know, just eating and food and uh and and how do you approach that uh can you talk a little bit about that yeah <laughs> i know that's very personal you know to ask that but something that is that is amazing i cannot even tell you how god has been providing like for 
for for our family for the last 23 years with Erica we've never lived in a home with without people living with us even before we had our first son we still some had some other people living with us and but pastor mark i cannot even tell you how god has been faithful and i cannot even tell you how god has been providing but I just know one thing is that whatever we do has always been by faith. You know, waking up in the morning, I don't even know what to eat. Waking up in the morning, I don't even know whether you will have breakfast, lunch, or supper. You just have to have faith to be able to, to live in Uganda. And faith has helped us a lot to be able to depend on God 100%. Because if God does not help you, nobody can help you. And this has brought us to closer to God because we surely believe that unless the Lord is on your side, you will never be able to make it in life. So this has been a challenge for us. Like, but we have our four children. We, I and Erica, that makes us six. Uh, four biological children, then two of us eight, and then we have all other people living with us. These are some of the children that we've raised in our families among us. Them. Uh, live with us over here and uh, even some of those who felt like yeah there is COVID-19 and I don't have anywhere to go and um, let me just go to pastor's house and some of them are like mm, yeah I need an identity I need a sense of belonging because some of them have been broken they have been abused they have been rejected and they have been you know without parents and they're like okay uh, I, when I come to pastor's house and and his wife's house, I feel the sense of belonging. And they will just come and we just shall just open up our house for them all. But we've always been going through this, inviting, uh, not even inviting them, but they have always been coming. And we tell them that they've never come to us and tell them to go because it has been God. We've we've always been waking up in the morning, not even knowing what you're going to eat, but you still tell them that God is going to make a way. How is going to make a way? I don't know, but I'm just waiting for God to make a way. So that, that has been our life. That has been my life for the last 44, 43 years, Pastor Mark. Uh, that has been my life. So <laughs> believing God every day, believing God every day. There is no day that I've ever risen up without believing God for that day. I don't know what I'm going to eat. I don't know what I'm going to put on. I don't know whether I'll be able to drive to go to church. I don't know whether I'm going to walk or not, but I just believe God that he will make a way. And that has been our story. That has been our story each and every day. But God has been making it. Sometimes we've been missing lunches, we've been missing dinner, or we've been missing breakfast, but the Lord has been faithful. The Lord has been providing. You wake up in the morning, you don't have anything to eat, and you tell the children, let's take tea. So you just take tea and popcorns, and then you go to bed. Sometimes there is nothing completely whereby you just have to trust God for something like a kilo of sugar. And then you just tell them that children, let's believe God. We don't have anything in this house, but our God is a God of, he's our provider. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. And at the end of the day, you will see somebody bringing up something miraculously. So this has been our life, Eric and I, for the last 23 years now. And we go through it. <laughs> it is something that is hard to explain to mostly like somebody who lives in the U.S. and tell him or her that I live by faith. 
I eat by faith because I've been coming to the U.S. and you see that there is plenty of food whereby people have enough food to eat. They have, you know, something whereby somebody knows that I'm, I'm, when I wake up in the morning, I will still have some bread and something to eat and somebody is glad and glorifies God for that. But here, you wake up in the morning at 3 a.m., you don't even know what you're going to eat in the morning. You have to go to preach. You have to go to do each and everything. And sometimes you wake up in the morning and you'll find some families waiting at the veranda, waiting for you for some food, but you slept without any food in the house. Pastor Daniel, I just love you. Uh, what a privilege, you know, to travel with you throughout Uganda and to see that faith, to see the way that God has made a way. I can't wait, you know, for our segments uh, in the near future that we're going to unveil to just begin to share the story of God's glory through your life and ministry. And uh, But just this segment here on Uganda as a culture has spoken deeply to my heart. And I, I believe our listeners as well. And I just thank you for your life, for uh, the great reminder God makes a way. I think of Philippians 4.19, you know, where it says that you know God provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And you've experienced that, haven't you? You know, he meets our needs, not always our wants, but our needs. And he's made a way for you. I pray that he's making a way, and I know he is, for those that are listening right now. And thank you again, Daniel, for uh, Pastor Daniel, for for this time. God bless you. All right. God bless you too. Thanks you, Pastor Mark. Hopefully you've gained a greater understanding of Uganda. And I bet you also now you have a greater appreciation of just how complex a different culture can be. One of the reasons we at 360 Serve support only indigenous church planners is because of what you just heard. They understand their language. They get their culture. They know their people. You know, there are plenty of really good organizations in the United States that support American missionaries in the foreign field, and we applaud every effort to reach people for Christ. However, that's not our focus at 360 Serve. At 360 Serve, we support only indigenous church planners, pastors, and evangelists. Here is your action step of the day. Go to 360serve.org and sign up for our weekly Good News Updates. We will email to you one incredible story each week on something really exciting that God is doing around the world. And you will discover from these stories why it is so powerful to support indigenous church planters. It's been so good to have you with us today. I trust you've been blessed and encouraged. See you next episode as we'll hear from Pastor Daniel talking about how he grew up as an orphan in Uganda and how he nearly committed suicide and God saved him from this act and he experienced the miracle of salvation. Until then, may God bless you.